Good evening, I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to Your Maryland. In 1883, as racial segregation closed in on the nation, Baltimore converted its old German-American elementary school into the Colored High and Training School, the city's first public high school for blacks. It was a two-story building with 16 rooms. Nearly four decades later, it still would have no library, cafeteria, or gym, but that mattered little to two extraordinary young men who were about to enter its ninth grade. One was the son of a middle-class family. His father was a railroad waiter. His mother struggled against the powers that be to get teaching jobs. He was tall, slender, light-skinned, with wavy hair and a lanky stride. The girls found him attractive. He liked to cut up as the class clown, to throw chalk and get into trouble. But he was smart. Once, the principal punished him by sending him down to the boiler room with instructions to memorize the United States Constitution before he came out. He did. He also held his own in alcohol-fueled arguments with his father. In fact, he seemed to thrive on those fights. He loved schoolwork, and that freshman year he became captain of the school's champion debating team. The other young man knew a different side of Baltimore streets. He had grown up poor and early on learned how to hustle. In high school, he had little use for books. Better to make money. He skipped school to wait tables, shine shoes, hustle newspapers, or walk the hots at Pimlico. His older sister was a cabaret singer, and before long he knew the local gamblers, musicians, club owners, and numbers runners. One of his jobs was to approach soldiers home on leave and lure them into the cabaret where his sister was singing. The Colored High and Training School was just across the street from the district police station, and from their school windows, both young men could watch as suspects, many of them black, were brought in by the all-white police force. Sometimes they could even hear the interrogations as police used brass knuckles or clubs to loosen a confession. We could hear police in there beating the hell out of people, one said. Sometimes teachers would have to pull down the shades so the students could concentrate. In 1925, the champion debater graduated. The class cut-up and bad boy had taken Latin, history, trigonometry, and physics, as well as machine work and wood trimming. Surprisingly, he had never once been late and had missed only a single day in four years. He had managed to be average, not as good as his older brother, who had gone on to medical school. But his mother, who pushed the boys on such things, thought he might be good enough to become a dentist or maybe a lawyer. The 20th century has been called the American century, and rightly so. The nation built itself into a world power and began correcting serious problems in American society. No one knew that, of course, when the class clown turned would-be lawyer marched down the aisle to his graduation. He had no money and no idea if he could even get to college, let alone law school. As he walked down that aisle, eyes twinkling with mischief and pride, no one could have guessed that Thurgood Marshall would go on to change America as few men ever would, shattering segregation in the schools and becoming the first African American to sit on the United States Supreme Court. But what about that other kid, the hustler? As it happened, he turned out to be the star of that graduation ceremony, his record wasn't anything like that of his pal Thurgood Marshall, but he did put some of that streetwise musical ability to good use by singing an unforgettable rendition of a popular song, To a Wild Rose. People talked about it for years. Later, he went on to write Minnie the Moocher. America would long remember Cab Calloway, too. Folks, here's a story about Minnie the Moocher. She was a red-hot hue. Chicoocher. 
She was the roughest, toughest frail But Minnie had a heart as big as a whale Hide, hide, 